Hello and welcome to another episode of the Bench Units podcast. Uh, we're back to talk to you about another great weekend wheelchair basketball. I'm James McSorley. I'm joined as always by Mark Schofield. How's it going? Not bad, thanks, man. I'm I'm glad this one got a great weekend as a label, considering you haven't said that on any of your last few intros, and this is following a win for you. I might be biased. Yeah. <laughs> um no, it was also a fun weekend of basketball. There was some cool stuff happening. I say that as if last weekend wasn't like an overtime game for two of the unbeaten teams in the league in Spain. And, you know, I didn't say that for when Landil. And yeah, but it's just when I win a basketball game, it's a great weekend, of course. Hey, but, that's why we're here. Yeah. I also just, I was rambling because right until the very second I started speaking, I considered whispering and doing an ASMR intro just to see how many people wouldn't listen. Oh, that'd be awful. I, I wish we could like stop the amount of people that turned that off after 30 seconds. Because well, uh, I'll listen. Our listens don't count until people have done one minute. So if people have got this far, it probably counts to listen. So feel free to hit pause at this point and never come back to us um or maybe give it a few seconds because we don't have a time of how long we've been recording um but yeah let's never do asmr because it is a terrible both recording and listening to asmr are a terrible use of everyone's time arguably even more so than us doing this yeah i think also if i was going to do it i would need to lean all the way in and get like fake nails and like click them against my microphone (laughs) like i couldn't just half-ass it and whisper that sounds dreadful. Yeah, that sounds disgusting. But anyway, I've just Not ruined good. it. What a terrible weekend of basketball. <laughs> <laughs> I hate myself. <laughs> well, we've got the soundbite sorted anyway. And <laughs> on that note, shall we jump into games? Yes. Okay. Right. So where do you want to start? Should we should we start in Germany just to flip everything backwards or no? Yeah, let's do it. I'm up for that. Okay. Yeah, whatever you want. Okay. Fire away. Okay, cool. So let's play the Dirk Passavan game first off. Trier Dolphins against Cologne 99ers. So the score was 79-61 in favor of Cologne. My stats are loading very slowly, so I'm stalling. And here we go. How many of Trier's 61 points did Dirk Passavan have? Uh, exactly half of them, 30.5. No, um, uh, 32. 31. Oh, man, I should have rounded up. You were so you were so close. Um, Hilarious. Like, my, my answer that isn't actually possible is mathematically not, like, is as close as I could have gotten. Yeah. Well being. You, you did well there. You're getting better at this game. Thank you. Um, it's just always 30. Like, yeah, <laughs> reliably. Um, so yeah, Passvan with 31 and then Tria got 15 from, how am I going to pronounce this here? Milian Grujic and 10 from Patrick Dorna. Um, relatively quiet game from Joe Beswick who had 18, which yeah. must be the least he's scored all season. So shout out to Joe. Um, and yeah, Cologne got 30 from Thomas Raya, who I don't know who that is, but good game, to, good game by him. I did not know anyone else on Cologne was capable of scoring that level of that level of buckets to help Joe out. Yeah, their stats don't really give you a whole lot. Like they don't know. It's just in terms of like where the scoring came from or anything. Yeah. It just tells you how many twos, how many threes. Yeah, the moral the moral of the story is the German live stats are the same as all the other ones, and the German after the fact stats are just some scoring totals. Yeah, 
So to be fair, the Spanish after this after the fact ones aren't great either, but I think we're just better at reading those now. Yeah, it's no, they're just like they just leave the live stats up, and the thing is, you just have to take them with a pinch of salt because apparently <laughs> they're never exactly correct. Yeah, and what I've seen, but you get a game with two teams taking a hundred shots each, which has never happened in wheelchair basketball ever. That was wild. I still haven't watched that game. I need to go back and see what happened. I assumed it was just like putbacks, putbacks, putbacks. It's like, I don't know how else you keep that sort of pace up. No, it was mayhem. Um, right, we'll jump jump on to the next German League game. So, ING Skywheelers and BBC Munsterland. 60-53 to 53 win for Munsterland. And I think we have a double case of the box score totals that don't look like they add up to the respective scoring totals, but they do because oh. that's how numbers work. Yeah. Yeah, that, that is how numbers work. I also have a nice bit of like anecdotal statistics about this. I got a message from um, an anonymous source who has heard, I will read the message, um, an anonymous source who told me that although the stats may not reflect it, there was a quadruple double afoot in that game. Really? Um, yes, apparently. Um, uh, Matthias Bellers had uh, like about 10 blocks. I mean, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, Good for him. Yeah. Um, so I got a message saying, I'm not sure if you already recorded, probably not, but I heard that Matthias Belder's forward of theme park Munsterland fame had a quadruple <laughs> double in their win against Sky Wheelers, over 10 blocks, according to eyewitnesses. Although apparently, as always, the stats don't show blocks correctly. Um, well, the, shots, the, the stats after the case don't show yeah. anything that looks like blocks that I, a man who does not speak German, can understand. Do you do you know how you watch any NBA game and there's like the guys that the commentators use as a crutch to show how well they understand basketball and it'll be like, oh, Tomas Satoransky does so many things that don't show up in the stat sheet. Do you think every German league player is like, man, I do so many things that don't show up in the stats? Because like get that. assists and rebounds. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, uh, it's really weird. Like, I don't know what the, like, it says, like, name, surname, points. And then there are two things that I don't understand. I don't know if it's files and files drawn. It, like, I, I don't understand. It's so funny that we've done the German League just rattling through every week up to this. And now the first time you've actually had the stats up in front of you ever, you're like, hang on, what's going on here? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh, this is interesting. Yeah. Um, uh, whoever stats the German League, come on, bench units. Agreed. Um, so yeah, anyway, 17 for Matthias, 26 for Surin Miller. So... Yeah, I guess that covers the bulk of the 60. And then apparently Skywheelers got to 53 when they got a 15, a 13, a 9, and then a bunch of more or less nothings. Um, so good for them. They've obviously they've made the numbers work. But, well, I say they've made the numbers work. They lost by seven, so maybe not a whole lot. <laughs> you just mean purely, like, totals-wise? Yeah. It adds up to the number that they apparently got. It does. You're not wrong. Right. That's let's. hilarious. I, I love how th this whole thing of us being like, okay, let's take the German league a bit with a bit more like seriousness is just us being like, these stats are terrible. And I don't know if this actually adds up to 60 or not. <laughs> That's hilarious. I think we're about right. Um, we'll move on anyway. 
So Hanover United and BG Baskets Hamburg, 65-42 win for Hanover. Uh, I caught a little bit of this game. I was quite impressed by Hanover last week. Um, I was even more impressed by them this time, considering they're the Israeli guy they signed, uh, Amit Vagoda, who's come in to kind of play a bit more of a ball-handling point-forward role, had a relatively quiet game, and they still yeah. put 65 points up. So I think Hanover are legit, man. They're getting, they're getting contributions from like six or seven guys every game, and there's not many teams, Germany or otherwise, who can claim that. Yeah, if you look at that, you've got three players in double figures, two guys with eight, one with seven. Like that's yeah, yeah, that'll get it done, man. Yeah, it, it did obviously against Hamburg, but yeah. and yeah, on the other side, twenty-five for um, Modjaba Kamali, and not a whole lot of anything else from anyone on Hamburg. Um, yeah, it's it's tough sled, man, <laughs> when you've got. One guy getting 25 is decent going for a leading scorer. When your next guy has nine, you're going to struggle when the other team, like we talked about, is getting real chipping in from seven guys. Mariska wasn't really right last year, right? With, yeah. With weird stuff. Um, and then, yeah, obviously, the, Jan Gans and Jan Sadler have both kind of taken on a lot of the scoring. It's been, it's been cool to watch. Yeah. It's like, hey, if your name's Jan, come and get buckets for us. Yeah. Okay, so big one for the German League this weekend. Um, RSV Landil, 79. Rhein River Rhinos, Wiesbaden, 70. So I think you were watching this just before we jumped on to hit record. So what jumped out at you from this one? Uh, yeah, I had it on sort of as I was doing a couple of different things before I came on here. And it was one of those that every time I looked over, I was like, oh, Rhinos are still up too, or oh, this is a tag game, or like it was one of those that I knew the score, and I kind of was like, I wonder how long it takes. Like I didn't know if it was a game that um Landil were just up nine the whole time, but no, until the last quarter, it was kind of Rhine River Rhinos were there thereabouts, and it was kind of what we were just talking about with Hanover, where you're getting sixteen from Guntner, eleven from Louis Hardwan, who I always forget is there. Because I think he's good. Even um, since we mentioned him last week, but yeah, that's what I, every time we every time we talk about him, I'm like, oh yeah, he's there this year. Um, getting 16 from Andre Hop, um, six and a four from Jim and, and Jim Palmer and Chase Wolf, and 11 from Aaron Young. Like that's kind of an even spread, and you've got like yeah. good low pointers. You've got bigs that can sort of make shots from outside, can post up, can cut, and sort of. Yeah receive and finish under the hoop but I think um, what was it uh, Landell started with their Yannick and uh, Simon lineup and they uh, sort of mid first quarter switched to the lineup with the um, uh, with Quinton and Katarina Weiss and they kind of like went back and forward a little bit but uh, yeah near the end it was sort of close game tie game and then they really just ratcheted up the pressure um yeah went like sort of went quick in transition tommy hit a big three uh tommy also did the coolest thing i've ever seen anyone do in a wheelchair where he snaked a pick and roll while going around his back and i was like that's quite cool <laughs> um but yeah man it was one of those where it's like rhinos just gave it 
like give it as good a go as I think they could have and they nearly yeah. flipped and did it. But it's one of those where it's like the the real, real quality in the team comes out near the end. Like Brian had twenty two, um, Tommy had twenty one, you know, like that's yeah. it's tough to stop those guys, man. Right. Yeah, I mean I mean Tommy's just been unbelievable all year. I, th- I think there's been a couple of um there's been a couple of Landil games where they've been like up by ten comfortably like mid second half and then they've had a, a timeout and been like oh what's the score oh okay well let's put the burners on here but this was very much not that this was Ryan River Rhinos pushing them and Landil not just being able to flick the switch and get ahead they were like okay we have to we have to take it to them now like that these guys are here for the fight yeah man I think that's the thing as well I absolutely love Landil's high line like they just at some point they're like, all right, let's ratchet the pressure up. We're just gonna like sixty feet from our own basket, just five up. And they yeah. play it with a one pointer as well, like they do it with Katarina Weiss and they do it with Yannick Blair. Like um, you know, it's not like they're playing five mids, they're playing two fours a lot of the time. Yeah. Um Dominic uh, Mosler got some minutes in there as well. Um they don't even show the minutes totals on the yeah. air. But um yeah, they went to a lineup with Dominic Musler in there for a little bit, which was cool. Um they just have so much, man. I think that's the thing with Landale. Like they got pushed here. They've been pushed once before, obviously, against Bulls yeah. both times. They just have enough sort of combinations and they're well coached enough and they've got enough sort of variants. Both times they put Dominic Mosler in and they're like, oh, by the way, we have a guy who would start for most teams who hasn't even broken a sweat up to this point. Yeah, just cool Dominic Mosler coming in and doing the business. But no, I think that's the thing. Like, they just have enough different rotations that will yeah. figure out. And they've got enough really sort of smart basketball players. And from everything that we've heard from speaking to Yannick a couple of weeks ago, go check it out if you haven't. Um, like and everyone else we've spoken to about being there apparently it's just really well run really well coached and obviously there's a lot of really smart guys and girls there who know what they're doing so they were sort of able to pull it out but now yeah. there were times that it looked a bit disjointed like rhinos were kind of getting to the basket and getting bigs inside and even like uh, Louis Hardwell took the just took the ball all the way to the rack a couple of times and I was like oh this is this is weird because there's one thing that I think Landil are very talented on both ends of the floor, but like they can really just ratchet up the pressure as much as anyone. Like they've always got three or four really mobile guys on the floor at any given point. They can run out of lineup with five really mobile guys as well if they want to. Yeah. But like, I think that's the thing. Like if it was a scrappy, like Landil just couldn't get going and they want it 65, 60 or something, I'd be like, eh, okay. But like Ryan Verano showed their quality, man. They got 70 yeah. up. Like they just, as I say, Landell were just good enough that they took it away from them in the end. Even Bulls didn't get 70 on that. I think they did get like 67, so maybe let's not split the hairs. But what, sorry? Even Bulls didn't get 70 on Landell a couple of weeks no. ago. I think they got like 67, so it's a bit arbitrary. Yeah. But hey, the small victories count. Right. Yeah, although people do say that, like, you hear coaches being like, hey, if we can keep them to this much, we'll be in a game. It's like, hey, what if we keep them to one more than that? Will we lose? Like, <laughs> yeah. It's, um, the NBA used to do the stat about number of times a team had kept their opponent under 100, and then there was, like, one season that was a massive outlier where I think Phoenix that year had lost every game where their opponent 
had gotten above 101, but then they'd kept them to the number 100 like six times and were 6 and 0 in those games. It was absolutely ridiculous. Um, right, cool. Shall we rattle around the Italian league very quick and then we'll get into the big deal? Sure. All right. Um, you know where to find the Italian league stuff better than I do, probably. I do. That's so funny that we like we run this podcast and just before we came on, I was like, right, where do I find these stats? <laughs> You're making <laughs> the, this little the German ones, because I was like, I wonder, do you know where the actual live stats are? Because I find the website the um if the, the, one that you if the ones during the game are live stats, the one we the ones we've just looked at are corpse stats. <laughs> Dead stats. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah, let's rattle through these. So can two uh, just off of losing the Italian Cup final, laid the smack down on Porto Torres, I think it's fair to say. Um, I think so. 88-34. Um, they kept Porto Torres to single-digit scoring in the last three quarters of the game, and they only had 12 in the first quarter, so that wasn't exactly <laughs> an offensive showcase in and of itself. Yeah, I watched like four minutes of this, and I was like, oh, this is not fun. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's rough. <laughs> like, it's cool to watch uh, Cantu just run through people, because I like, I like there's something cool about the way they play, and they're just like big guys that can shoot a little bit, but... Yeah, big big guys. Not as much this year. It's not as fun without Perdue, I don't think. But big guys and ball movement is like a weirdly untapped formula. It's almost always teams that play small move the ball more than every other team. And these guys are like, hey, what if we just ping the ball around like we're playing keep away? Yeah, um, there is a like they they might move it too much. Maybe if it, like if it comes up against like actually when they play good teams. But yeah, we'll see. But yeah, I mean. Cantu got 24 from Giulio Papi, 22 from Simone Di Maggi, and 18 from Filippo Carasino. So when the other team scores 34, I would go as far to say it as that's game, and we probably don't need to look at the rest of the numbers on this one. Um, what did they What did they start with? They started those three. Uh, so they didn't start Filippo. They oh. started... No, they Sorry. They started Papi... Uh, Jacopo Genonazzi, Simone Di Maggi, Sophie Carrigal, shout out Soph. And they have like a young mid whose name is Lorenzo Basoli. I've not seen He him. was the one I was trying to fit. I was like, I don't know if I've seen this guy before. I, yeah, I've not seen him a lot, but he, he looks all right. Like, it's he's neat. an Italian mid, so that's like that's a unicorn, <laughs> a, a dying breed. <laughs> have you seen their? Have you seen the team they've picked for Euros? It's like <laughs> yeah. six fours. I love it. Like it's the most Italian thing in the world. But it's it's, it's a lot of fours, man. It's like hey, if we if we put all six of our four pointers on the floor at once, there'll be a mismatch somewhere, and we'll just shoot it. Put two of them in a trench coat. Yeah, <laughs> world's tallest four pointer. You'll never know. Or yeah, no, yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah, it's bizarre, they they need some mids, but that that young guy looks all right. He's got an exceptionally easy job as a ball handler on that team. Like just roll up the floor and feed whichever big <laughs> might have a mismatch. Yeah. Um, yeah, throw it to whoever looks like they're in a good spot, and then sit there. Yeah. Um, okay. Next one. Dinamo Sassari, and when the screen pops up, Dinamo Sassari and ASD Firenze, who have a couple of guys I've never heard of, uh, but made this, they ran this game pretty close. Um, Sassari aren't great, I think it's fair to say. They have the Brazilian international, Leandro de Miranda, who oh, yeah. 
carried them through this one. He had 26. And they, the rest of the team is basically local guys. Um, and yeah, they they were able to get past Firenze, I think a newly newly promoted and uh, yeah. entirely local guys. So there's not a whole lot to break down here. Um, Sassari, oh, uh, Gary Blue is at Sassari as well. Who? Yeah, I was going to say Gary Blue. And I know... Um, yeah, I was going to say, I thought Gary Blue was there and I think someone else is going there soon. But uh, Gary Blue, uh, Andrea Pellegrini and Miranda are all there. They, if they had enough, like they have a one in Claudio Spano who's actually pretty good. If they could get, yeah. if, if they could get a female one in and run three bigs and Spano as a shooter, that actually might be a a pretty competent team. Yeah, Spano's just going to shoot like thirty a game. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that was sixty two fifty five on that one. Let's. Oh, this was the good one. I caught the second half of this game. Um, so this was San Stefano 63 and Amikachi Giulianova 60. San Stefano, for all their talent, seemed to be incapable of playing a convincing win. <laughs> they seemed to only ever be interested in scraping games out by like three points. Yeah. Why do you think that is? Uh, they've not got a lot of shooting. The like They've got size... And then Dimitri Tang is their main ball handler. And he is like first team all dribbling around behind the screen while looking for a better shot. And it's like, hey, if you shot this 16 seconds earlier in the shot clock, you'd probably get, like you'd make the defense move around rather than having them watch you. Um, but yeah, I think they've got size. They've got slightly less speed than they had last year. So I think they might have lost their transition element a little bit. And also, if you're going to play grind-out games and the other team's got Adolfo Badoon, you might be in for a tough one, even if you do come out with the win. Yeah, like you better be better at slowing it down than yeah. you, and you're not. <laughs> I can walk through quicksand better than you can. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, so Badoon with 19 for Giulianova, and they, they got 11 from Galliano Marchioni, who's still alive and kicking. I forgot yeah. he was a he was a person. He used to be like the man on the Italian national team. Yeah. They, should, they should reselect him and have more fours. Um, and then yeah, they got eight apiece from Marco Stupanango, who is the other rare Italian mid. And Raymond Zbigniewicz gave them eight as well. They, I think they struggled for size against San Stefano more than anything, and their twos weren't reliably getting as good looks as San Stefano's bigs shooting on mismatches. So that is Italy. Oh, shout out to my guys at Treviso who got the win as well. So they got the win over Reggio Calabria, who I think are also newly promoted and therefore probably not overly competitive. But Treviso are possibly the third best Italian team, which I don't know how much stock you put in that, given that it's a it's a um, two horse race. A two horse race. Maybe there'll be a blood war for the third spot between Treviso and Giulianova. I would say so. I look forward to it. I can't wait. Um, <laughs> I might fly out to Treviso and just cheer on my guys. Um, yeah. Fun. yeah, so 65-57 win for Treviso on that one. And oh, Calabria got 29 points from one guy with an absolutely impronounceable name, Sriperom. I'm, I don't know what nationality that would be. But shout out to him. 
Shout out to him and sorry about potentially really mispronouncing your name. Yeah, he'll listen. <laughs> We're trying. He, he listens to this, I'm sure. He does. Um, well, he might. Yeah. He might be one of the 40-odd people. <laughs> it, it's funny It's funny that we were always like joking about the numbers and you actually legitimately have gone from saying 30-something to 40-something in the last couple of weeks. It's like, hey, talk about putting business out there. Don't give away the actual numbers, even if they are on the increase. Yeah, even if they are on the increase, but for some reason are just half of what they were three months ago and we don't know why. I'm just really sad. Yeah, it's awful, isn't it? Why are we doing this? Um, uh, no, it's, it's just very certain specific ones got big numbers at a certain point when people were very interested in wheelchair basketball over the summer. Like, yeah. it's you know, fine. And we're like, we're like, what do you mean we don't have the same amount of numbers than interviewing someone going to a Paralympics a week before it starts? <laughs> hey, get, what, what do you mean us talking nonsense and complaining about a lack of listenership doesn't get as much listen? <laughs> um yeah, uh, give, give it three years, man, and we'll catch on to the next Paralympic cycle for a month or two. And <laughs> we'll be like, ah, we knew the numbers were going to rise eventually. Yeah, I knew it was the Paralympics. Even when it was something else, I knew it was the Paralympics. <laughs> uh, cool. Well, um, should we do Spain now, then? We should. Wicked. Right. All right. So there's two games that probably need dissecting in some serious detail. So should we rattle through the less extravagant games? Okay, we'll do the rest of them. So first up on the games that are in front of me in the order that I read them while leaving out the ones till the end. Gran Canaria 62, Murcia 44. Did you catch much of this? Yeah, I caught this in the breaks of your guys' game and Illunion's game. I This was like semi-competitive for a little bit in the first quarter. I think I tuned in and it was like, this will have been mid-second quarter when Gran Canaria won the first quarter, 18-7. And then I think Mercia scored like the first six of the second quarter. So it made it like 18-13. And I was like, oh, Mercia are going to stick it to the mid. And the answer to that was probably not so much because Gran Canaria ripped off 10 straight for the rest of the quarter and then won the third quarter, 15-6. Uh, um, that would do it. Yeah. Gran Just, Canaria are good for our run. Yeah. They're also, yeah. I mean, they're good for the rest of the game, but I mean, they're a good team to be like, ah, oh, you're hanging with us. Okay, 12 2, done. Like, <laughs> um, that's what they did to us at one point. Like, yeah. so if they could do that to us, they can probably also do it to Mercia. Yeah. Um, I did not catch this game on account of playing at the same time on as it. Account of, on account of the fact that you refuse to watch Gran Canaria anymore. That is true. <laughs> Everyone there knows I don't like them. That's not true. I, I love those guys. Uh, do you, no, I'm just looking at the stats. Ari didn't play. Like, do you know anything? I do not know. I know he didn't. I know he wasn't playing. I don't know what the situation was. Like, did you see him there or was he like not there? He was in the timeouts and stuff, I think. Um, but the it's obviously all spoken in Spanish on the commentary. And I don't think my Spanish is is to this point up to catching why they would if they mentioned all that he wasn't there i probably didn't catch that or cool also just so you saw him like just i like i might cut this bit out and like message him and make sure he's okay no no no, he was there it's all good cool yeah Um, so yeah the my favorite stat from this one which didn't come across in the section of the game that i watched but was that rose was two from seven 
And I wonder when we had her on and she talks about how the fact she got disrespected and not jumped for like a year and a half. I wonder if just the respect level of playing against the team of predominantly women were like, hey, we actually appreciate how good she is. Let's get out on her footplates. I think everyone does. Um, this looks like just looking at the stats, like Salazar leading the team in makes and also shots taken, um, followed by Richard really kind of gives off like a, a a game where this team didn't really have a whole lot of trouble getting inside. Yeah, like I think that's probably it. Like Rose catches the ball, it's like, oh, there's a layup well, over there. Rose and Jorge took 12 shots between them. So I think this was them being like, hey, we'll just pass it inside. They yeah, both, I think that's that's what that both, looks like. They both had seven assists. I think that's the giveaway. Yeah, there you go. Claudio getting six in six minutes and having three from five. I love that. I um Yeah, when your guys' game finished, I think I flicked over and caught the last like 50 seconds of this and it was just Claudio catch it on the wing and hoist it up from like it's in his pocket. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I love I love watching Claudio shoot the ball. It's so mad because it's like, I remember seeing that and be, like the first time we played against him and being like, I don't know how that goes in, but two years there and I was like, it, it just does. Yeah. Like I always remember he came on in garbage time against Zuzanak last year. And Jose Leap was like, hey, we need to jump this game. Like, the game was over. Yeah. It was, like, up 20 with three minutes to go. And Jose, Jose Leap was like, we're jumping this guy. Like, <laughs> he will score if you don't jump. And I was like, that's amazing. Because he hadn't said that about, like, anyone all game. <laughs> like, he jumped, like, Rose, obviously, and Jorge. But, like, Claudio came to the scorer's table. And he was like, hey, this guy's a jump. He's going to make it if you don't go, which is cool. <laughs> That's ridiculous. But yeah, it was cool to see Raul's got 40 minutes. Cool to see Luis Roy get on the floor. Um, yeah, man, good chance to see those guys rotate. Yeah. And Mercia got 52 shots up instead of the 100 that they got up <laughs> in that one game. Yeah, um, suspicious. Um, yeah, just... Suspicious. Not not enough from from Mercia. Lalo getting twelve shots when the other team's getting inside as consistently as it looks like they were. It's probably not going to work out well for you. No man. Um, yeah, just didn't have enough. Yeah. Grand Canary, obviously a great team. Um, yeah, lack of options on Mercia's side, I think, is the easy way to put it. Correct. Okay. Um, Shall we shift on? Let's do it. Okay, what do you want to go to next, Burgos? Yeah, let's do it, my boys. Um, Malaga, 68, Burgos, 58. Um, you said my boys, and I thought you meant Malaga, and I was like, this is the this is the, the team that you called that could beat someone good versus the team that did actually beat someone good. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah man. did you Burgos. get much of this? Yeah, I watched this after your game actually because we, uh, I was hanging with Tom Smith yesterday. He's obviously a, a former teammate. Of, he's obviously a dreamboat. He, he certainly <laughs> is. Um, he's a former teammate of Pete Kuzak last year, so he wanted to see how Pete was doing. And I was like, I cannot believe there's this many, there's this many games have taken place, and this is the one you want to catch. But it was actually quite fun. That like it was a good. It was basically neck and neck until late third quarter and Malaga pulled away by 10 at that point and then kind of kept Burgos at, at arm's length. Um, but Lee Fryer had a good game and he was making shots from outside and like running the offense well and not flying around like a lunatic as he has done at times this season. 
Yeah, it's kind of slowed down. I wonder if like playing with the experienced guys like Macek and um, Aridondo, I wonder like they've both been around the block, obviously. I wonder if playing with guys like them, he's actually just chilling out because they're like, hey, listen, man, <laughs> you, you've got all the talent in the world, but just relax. Yeah, yeah like 11 from 19, 22 yeah. points overall. Like, and he, and he roasted a couple of people as well, just in terms of like individual plays. He put the burners on a couple of people. So from Malaga's side, they're beating the teams they're meant to beat and they've got an upset in and nobody can take that away from them. Yeah, that's it. Like beat the teams that you think should be below you. Try and nick some off the teams that are meant to be above you. Like, and they're doing that so far. Yeah, um, Esparza just- has been great. We've bottled the formula there. I wonder if anyone else knows about that. Yeah. Yeah, that might be. They might be on to something. Oh, there's different levels of that. Like if you're projected to be second in the league, it's beat nearly everyone and then try and beat the one team you think is better than you. Like that's, yeah. Try and try and win games. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we're, now we're on to something. They're finding their way with like balanced scoring now as well so maybe you won't have massive games going forward but if they've got enough guys chipping in like getting 10 from Pete as well as the numbers the other guys have been putting up consistently is pretty good going yeah absolutely I wonder if the secret to winning games is having a score board that doesn't look like it adds up to the amount of points you need <laughs> that might be it we, we might market. be on to something we could market that um Shall we do Vigo and Zuzanak then? Yes, we should. Vigo 70, Zuzanak 59. How much of this did you watch? Uh, I caught a good good chunk of this. Um, I had this on this morning while I was kind of getting stuff ready, but it was was the usual formula for Vigo. Do their two main guys get enough shots and do they make enough of them? And Augustin Alejos was 12 from 19, so... That's not a bad place to start. Yeah, that's a big game. Um, so he had 33, Fabian Romo had 18, and that already nearly adds up to the 59 that Zuzanak put on the board. So, yeah, you're in a good spot there. And then they got their usual eight from Julio Villas and kind of sixes and twos and whatever else from the rest of their team. Yeah, like we kind of come on here every week and it's like, did Romo and or Alejos do enough? And yeah, they did. Yeah. And I think they will against teams like this is yeah. the thing consistently. Yeah, like consistently, but it's just you kind of, you need more than two guys against the bigger teams. But yeah. Also, mental stat from this one on Zuzanak's side, Jose Leap being one from six on twos and six from eight on threes. <laughs> that's completely insane I love well, that I wonder if from six from twos and ending up with 22 it's class I wonder if all his misses were when he got he was trying to shoot a three and rolled like an inch over the line <laughs> he was like well of course I'm not going to make that one it's not a three anymore off the back of the rim I wonder what is the most points someone has in a game or will have in a game all season with one make from two point territory I have absolutely no idea because 22 might be it (laughs) (laughs) yeah I wonder like has that I I don't know if that's something that will have happened a whole lot yeah I guess guys that shoot a lot of threes but 
I've never seen any of them. I've never seen that before because most people don't shoot a massive combination of threes and free throws. Like Jose only shot three free throws in this game. Yeah. And usually if you shoot eight threes, you probably aren't going to make six of them. So it's probably not a particularly repeatable formula to make one two-point shot and only shoot three free throws and hope to get above 20 points. But hey, what do we know? This guy went and did it. Yeah, he went nuts. And Adrian Garcia in in Helmo had a pretty good game. He had 22 as well. It's 16 last week, so it's not like... That's not a mad outlier, but that's a big game, man. Yeah. Yeah, giving Jose the help on this one is like their two their two guys who put points up didn't add up to as met as many as Vigo's two guys who put points up and sometimes it's that simple. It might just be. <laughs> yeah, they only had four guys that scored, man. Like Yeah. Um and it, it's interesting because they're two other guys who scored chipped in fifteen between them and Vigo only got what seventeen from their supporting cast. Yeah, seventeen from us. So it's like this really was a battle of the hey, our best our best tag team versus your best tag team, and let's see who's got some spare change in the pockets. <laughs> yeah, nah, um, Alejo is bringing bringing it out and bringing home thirty odd is is obviously going to make the difference there. Yeah, sure. Um, okay. Next one, this one was a bit of an upset, so I made an effort to go back and watch this today. But Las Rosas, 63, Valladolid, 54. Uh, I didn't expect that. I don't have like a huge opinion of Valladolid. They've been fine all year, but I did not expect Las Rosas to get this one. I called this. Um, not, not to anyone except uh, <laughs> BSR Mania on Instagram have the polls up every every week and they're like who do you think's gonna win out of this team or that team and I I, I call it Las Rosas because yeah I was right. Um uh lap. yeah man um Kano with 26 again. Kano is great at getting whatever he wants against like teams at a certain level. Yeah. I don't know if I don't know if he's if he's gonna get it done at any level against the better teams but well he had 31 against Gran Canaria but like other teams are able to sort of to to, to sort of shut him down quite well but 10 from 19 man yeah he did the launching and it's going in he did his thing man we we talked about him I can't remember if it was last week or the week before where we were like there's not many people who would play who go from playing supporting roles to being like hey I can be the man on probably not a great team but I can be the man and yeah, obviously the Las Rosas aren't expected to win a huge number of games, but you also don't just roll out of bed and beat Vitalid by accident. Like they're yeah. if they've got a relatively low ceiling, but they're a professional team. Like they they don't typically just give games away. Yeah, it fifteen rebounds and shot and shot fourteen free throws. Like he didn't shoot a great percentage on the free throws; he only shot six from fourteen. But getting nineteen shots up and going to the line 14 times is Is wild looking at these stats if I hadn't watched the game earlier today I would be convinced that he'd like just switch to being in a max height chair for this one game (laughs) he's like hey I need 19 shots 14 free throws and 15 rebounds 
what a legend, man. Um, Alexi Ruiz, obviously, eight from 14. That's, that's a big game as well. Yeah. Having two guys in their 20s in a game that goes to 63-54, like, is probably, probably going to get you most of the way there. But no, um, well, let me see. Ruggieri, eight from 17. Uh, Perez, seven, 11. Bielmer, eight from 12. They had three guys, 2015 and 16, respectively. They just didn't get anything from anywhere else. <laughs> they got three whole points from the rest of the roster. From one person. Yeah. <laughs> the, when there's only three, there's not a whole lot to be shared out. Is it? No, you're you're right. That's very like, you've got three points from everywhere else. Don't spend it all at once. <laughs> um, so. Yeah, and it was a three. Like, my guy just made one of his two free, two threes. Yeah. So, literally, you had three guys scoring and someone made a three. And that oh, was the right. rest of it. I don't, I don't like you guys getting all the shots up. I'm going to shoot two of these and make one. <laughs> 